Stadium shows, heel turns, brand splits, wrestling continues to be white hot and we still love talking about it right here on Earning the Push, your one-stop wrestling shop for everything going on each week inside and outside the squared circle. My name is Jack Murley, professional broadcaster alongside co-host and professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. How the devil are you, Mr. Beckett? That's a loaded question, Jack, because our conversation fair, you know how I am. I've been listening to it. I've woke up this morning and my kettle's not working, so I am. It is 31 minutes past eight. Normally about an hour after I've had, normally I had at least two cups of coffee by now. I've had zero, and let's see how this goes, because you could just see me crash and burn a decaffeinated Beckett as this goes on. Coffee is to Charlie what spinach is to Popeye, what um special pills were to Hulk Hogan back in the uh, mid-80s, and we can say that because of the trial, so it's going to be interesting to see how whether you sort of fade out and gas yourself by the time we get to the end and you're just out of steam. Yeah, it could be a unrecognisable earn the push and bad developmental at the end where I'm like, earn the push, nothing. Just nothing at this point. You're going to be like Sad Undertaker at the end of his career. It's just going to be like, oh, remember those early episodes when he was at his peak and now look at him. I'm chasing that finish now. <laughs> well, look, let's let's get into it while we can. Uh, he's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Merley. Remember to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. We're talking the bloodline in Judgment Day. Big pre-sale news for AW in Wembley. Rumours of a third show for Tony Khan's brand as well. Amidst suggestions there'll be a brand split. Loads going on, but let's kick off with WWE, where Brock Lesnar debuted a new dark cowboy look as he and Cody Rhodes engaged in a pull-apart brawl with the world's worst security team to set up their match at Backlash. Charlie, Brock Lesnar is no longer smiling, happy, clappy cowboy. He's gone a little bit weird, dark cowboy. He just does what he wants, doesn't he? He's probably just gone home to say, I'm like, you know what would be funny? If now I'm here, I went something basically looking like a cowboy undertaker. Yeah. Is essentially what he looked like. And he just, he obviously has a laugh and does what he wants. And those pull apart brawls are just carnage, aren't they? Like, say, world's worst security. Like, oh no, let him go now. That's what they do. So, yeah, I, I think they are building this match really, really nicely. We've got a very clear heel and baby face and Brock going, I'll wear black just so they know. Uh, yeah, I think this is this is built into a real, real big feeling match, isn't it? Like, it feels like an event, this. It does feel like an event. It feels like one of those marquee matches you can go to. I don't want to blow past these these brawls. When, when was a really good teleport security brawl? Like, when can you remember the last one? Was it Brock and, and Taker where they just went backstage? Undertaker and Brock 2015 for Hell in a Cell where... Brock shouted, you'll have to kill me, and Undertaker said, I will. Oh, so Brilliant. good. So Brilliant. good. What, they what? are they are quintessential wrestling, aren't they? They're one of those things where we as wrestling fans enjoy them, but if a non-wrestling fan walks in, they're like, that is just so stupid. And you're like, when you take yourself out of the fan, you're like, yeah, it is stupid. It's really, really silly, because that one man or woman would not overpower the 10 people holding them back. That's not how science works. It's not how science works. I also like the fact that in about 16 years, we will be looking at some video on YouTube and there will be some smart Alec who's gone, remember this pull-apart brawl? And then there'll be a face in the security team and it will be the next big superstar because we saw it with Punk, we saw it with MJF, we've seen it with all of them. It's a great place for independent wrestlers to sort of get that taste of things. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, look at this. This is Shooter McStar, who's now seven-time WWE champion. He was there failing to hold Brock Lesnar back. 
easiest payday of Brock Lesnar's life. If you think about what he had to do on Raw, he had to walk out, he had to look, he had to nod, and he had to go backstage. He literally is taking over The Undertaker's old dead man gimmick. Yes, he's gone, I beat you the streak and now I want the gimmick. Hmm. Do you, do you think this match then, uh, as we get away from weird, dark Brock Lesnar, which I quite... Also, I have to say this, because we'll talk about Trish Stratus in a bit. Do you think she and Brock Lesnar bumped into each other backstage and one of them was like, oh, I said I'd be wearing this, because they both had the same outfit? Trish, they're going, Brock, this is really awkward. <laughs> like, I, did Sable not tell you I was wearing this? They're like, come on, like, oh. And Brock's going, well, I'm going out first. You can follow me if you want. Like, I, don't, I don't care. You, you, you wear it after me if you want. Well, like, she did, though, didn't she? She looked yeah, at the Look at you again. Look at this. Sorry, sorry. So this, we'll get on also, to Trish. I'm not going to do it. Jack stitched me right up on the socials last week with oh. the screenshot he put up. Jack, you're a homosexual man. Just that out of context. I'm not going to say it again, even though I just have. This is not happening. I'm going to be stitched up. Yes, you're, you have a soft spot for Trish. I'm going to get that on a T-shirt. Just I'm going to make you wear it for the next episode. <laughs> so Brock and Cody. I think everyone's thinking this is one and done, right? This is a one and done match. I, do you think they would just blow through it in one match and then move Cody straight back to Roman Reigns? Because you could get a few out of this. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Do you? It depends when they want to do Cody Roman again, I think. If they want to wait till the next Mania, you could drag this through, um, through Backlash. You could go to Money in the Bank, or you could have Brock. You could have Cody in the Money in the Bank match and Brock come in and cost him. Oh, you could do that. You yeah. could take it to Saudi. You could run it to SummerSlam. You could very easily run this to SummerSlam uh, if they wanted to. And it's a, a blow-off match at SummerSlam between these two in some sort of stipulation match. Yeah, you could see that work, and that's a SummerSlam-worthy event. So it, I, I, I wouldn't be upset if they wanted to go more than one and done, but also I'd completely understand if it's a one and done. It, it, I I think we'll be, we will finish the match and be like, oh, because it's going to be a great match. I think we're all yeah. agreed we'll be surprised if it's not a brilliant match. I think we'll be like, if that is it, as long as Cody wins, by the way, I think Cody has to win this. If he loses, they've got to go again. Because Cody can't, I don't think, unless they go on the arc of Cody can't buy a win like John Cena's sad year. <laughs> um, I think Cody has to win. So if Brock wins, I think we're getting more. If Cody wins, I could see it being a one and done. What do you think? Yeah, I think the same. I, th I don't think Cody can afford to lose two big matches in, in a row. And I think actually Lesnar is fulfilling the role that, that Cena had for Lesnar years back. That actually Lesnar has all that uh, cachet built up in him where Cody should uh, should beat Lesnar. And it means something to beat Brock. I think if Brock beats Cody, I think that's when you look and you go, hmm don't know if they still see him as that top babyface challenger because the challenge for Cody to get back to the top of the mountain is, is to beat Brock and get there with Roman he doesn't want to have to climb the mountain of Brock then climb the mountain of Roman too many times can you really see them running Cody all the way to Mania next year for his title rematch because that to me just feels a bit too long um oh, I absolutely can see them doing it yeah I think yeah I, I think I could see them doing it for sure I, how you get there is very interesting and things change that like we know on, on on the fly and injuries and those sort of things but I could definitely see them doing it I could see at Backlash I could see Brock cheating to win yep a low blow or something that's a classic Brock move when he's a heel and that dragging the uh, dragging it out to Saudi and then to, I could definitely see them doing this match in Saudi yeah and then having the blow off in SummerSlam I think I could absolutely see a, a three-peat with those matches. 
I wonder what influence Paul Heyman will have on the outcome of this match because Heyman continues to be all over Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. And we saw in Raw the Bloodline and the Judgment Day have their first meaningful interaction. A deal between two dastardly factions started the show. We saw Solo Sokoa take out Rey Mysterio. The Judgment Day then took on Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn and Matt Riddle in the main event. It, um, it felt big. Seeing those two factions share a ring, it felt really, really big. It really did, didn't it? Because you didn't know what was going to happen when when it when it first happened. They first in the ring, they're like, "Is this going to be a fight? What they're talking about here?" I mean, Rhea and Solo just could not stop staring each other out, could they? And I saw a lot on Twitter being like, "This was the attitude here. This is the match we'd be getting." And you're like, "Yeah, it would be. And what a match it would be." Stop there. Isn't it the match you want? Yeah. It, it is really, which is so, and again, we don't condone any sort of domestic abuse, but it's wrestling where they look after each other. It's not, everyone loves to tell us, it's not real. Um, yeah, they're the two badasses, aren't they? You could absolutely pop a huge rating on Raw if, if you, and you don't even have to deliver the match, but just building towards a Solo Sikoa, Rhea Ripley confrontation. I mean, just gets me excited just thinking about it. I'd actually kind of love to see Rhea drop him with a super kick or something. Yes. I mean, who, even that. Who's taken Solo Sokoa down before? Exactly. I mean, it, it's exactly. Rhea. Make it Rhea Ripley. That was such a good moment. Who would have thought that this time last year, on the aftermath of WrestleMania, we would be talking about uh, the Judgment Day in, in these glowing terms, where actually they were on a par with, with the Bloodline. It's extraordinary what they've done to that faction. Yeah, they have rehabbed that faction so, so well. Uh, I do think we could get a build again now to um, Finn versus Roman. I think you could see these two factions fall out at some point. And Roman needs... And I'm not for a second saying Finn's the man to throw in Roman at the moment. But we haven't really thought about who faces Roman next, have we? Because they're obviously building backlash round um, the Cody-Brock match. You'd think coming to London or going to Saudi... At the very least, Roman will have to defend his title at some point, and I could see it being Finn next in line. I could see that, but then you've got that whole is the Judgment Day baby face. I mean, unless look with the draft, we could see the Judgment Day split. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting the draft is just around the corner. Did, yeah. did we get a date announced for the draft? I think it's about two or three weeks. We did get a date. I'll check out what the date is in a bit, but we did get a date. I mean, the thing is, I don't want to see the Judgment Day split. I I think. We've got these two factions, and I think that the Judgment Day, I can't believe I'm saying this, I think the Judgment Day could be the hit thing to see on Raw for months and months. They, they, they're they all over the show. And you hated them. Everyone oh, hated them. Who, who said, oh, I can't wait to watch the Judgment Day again? Who were they? You find those people. No, none of us like them, did Thank but you. You, uh, you particularly disliked them. I, and I was so wrong. I was so wrong. I like that on Raw and SmackDown, we continue to see Sami Zayn play mind games with Jey Uso. I like that we're still getting that, and I like that Kevin Owens continues to show some discomfort with what's going on, that they're not just Bezzy Buddies, everything's fine again. Intriguing storyline there. Yeah, and it's how it would work in real life, isn't it? You wouldn't just be like, oh, we've won the title, so I could put every concern I had to bed, and you're still hanging out and talking to the people you know I really don't like and would rather you didn't. So it's a really clever way of telling the story through the humanity because we can all relate to you make up with someone and then they're still doing that thing that you weren't so sure about, but you don't want to comment on it too much because you're mates again now, but also you're not comfortable with it. It's very relatable. 
I love, I thought you were going to say, we can all relate to you're challenging for the title in Texas at the Rumble, <laughs> you're handcuffed to the ropes, we've all been there. We, it's happened to us all. Yeah, that's the normal Friday night, isn't it? Here's what I think. I think WWE is building not to Cody necessarily taking the title from Roman. I wonder if it's Solo Sikoa. I wonder if the direction they're going in is that at WrestleMania next year, we will see the bloodline implode with Solo being the one to take the title from Roman Reigns because they are doing an amazing job of building this guy up. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. He's extremely protected. He is very much the hitman, the enforcer of this, of this group. And you're starting to see the seeds being sown of a bit of dissent from him in the bloodline, him not agreeing with how Roman's running things, Roman really scolding him, these sorts of things that he's only going to take so much. So depending how the rest of the bloodline go and, and the story, I could see whether Solo's the man stitched is one question, but I think we get a Solo. When the, when, when the bloodline breaks, I think the Solo-Roman is the feud we get out of it. Can you remember a year or so ago, maybe slightly more than that, when we were bemoaning the lack of a mid-card in WWE. Mm. And now you look at the job that WWE, and, and I guess we have to say Triple H is a creative power uh, that is behind the scenes, building up that mid-card. It has been extraordinary because you can look and legitimately go, okay, Solo Sokoa, yep, he could be a title contender, could go back to Cody Rhodes. You know who I'd like to see, Charlie, take on Roman Reigns in one of these sort of B pay-per-views? Rey Mysterio. Who would have thought that? But tell me you wouldn't see Rey Mysterio against Roman Reigns and Dominic cost Rey that title shot if you want an out. Yeah, Rey one last shot at the title. There's your story, isn't it? Oh, can Rey in his in the twilight of his career have one last shot at the big the big prize? He's always been the underdog. Can he do it one more time? And you could absolutely feed into a crowd getting absolutely wild for a near fall. You could definitely do that with Rey Mysterio. So it is incredible how this mid-card has built because, like you say, 12 months ago, we didn't have one. We had neither of the mid-card titles on the show at WrestleMania. Now we have a flourishing, competitive, brilliant, exciting mid-card. And it, it, it's it's just, it makes the whole show better. It makes the whole product better. And what it means is that when Roman isn't around, which in the past I bemoaned hugely, main title holders not being around full-time, it doesn't hurt us that much. As a as fans, it doesn't hurt the plot that much because there's so much other good stuff going on. Yeah, if it's me, I'm 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 putting Rey Mysterio against Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. Do do that and have Dominic cost Rey the title. That gives you your blow off feud at SummerSlam, and you get Roman in a different direction. Uh, talking AEW uh, after the break, chances are we may be getting a third AEW show called Collision and a brand split. We shall see. Um, Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter is him. I'm Jack underscore Merley. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Hey, here's something I didn't think we would see in 2023. The Latino World Order back and a featured part of WWE programming. Now, you have to have long memories to even know what the LWO is. This was a WCW creation, but WWE have thought we can see some value in that. Let's let's get it back. Yeah, and it, what I loved is that it wasn't just a nostalgia thing, Ray giving them the shirts the night before Mania and that being it. They're actually using them as a faction, and it all, all it is is a rebrand of Legalo del Fantasma. That, that's all it is, essentially, with Ray sitting above them but it's worked brilliantly because they are extremely talented four individuals that weren't let's be honest doing too much really no. now it's given a reason for people to get excited by them and lead into the nostalgia 
put them with Rey Mysterio. Of course, that makes sense. And like you say, they are becoming a big part of the storyline with Rey and Dom and that sort of stuff. I think it's worked wonders for them, for their story. And for Rey as well, I think it's been a massive, massive win, whoever had that idea and who had the idea to not just give them a shirt at the Hall of Fame and that be it, to actually use them as a faction now. I think it's been done brilliantly. And I think what's interesting is is we criticise AEW sometimes for, for having factions and, and it feels very thrown together factions and you don't quite get the value. WWE is leaning into its factions at the moment, but doing so in a way that you go, yeah, I sort of get why all these people are motivated to do what they do. Can we... Can I, sorry, can yes. I fancy book something around that? Please do. If I could move the pieces how I wanted, it would never happen for obviously as you're going to see, I would have... the I would have... Ray lose a match or something, and LW are standing around with him. The lights go out, and the lights come back on. A fifth person be in the ring in LWO shirt with a mask on. Take out Ray. They all beat him up. They take out Ray. Take the mask off, and it's Andrade back. Why well, you to know the LWO? Why not? Like the way that wrestling is at the moment. Tell me that you can't see that happening a year from now on the night after Mania. Imagine if you could have that Andrade and Zelina partnership back again, yes. leading the LWO as a heel faction. It would be amazing. And you, you can't bank on anything not happening in wrestling at the moment. Speaking of amazing, Trish Stratus lent into her heel role on Raw, and I am so here for it. So here for it. Oh, she just looked like, and you might we might have to re-record this, but she looked like a badass bitch, and she was not messing about. She was not messing. Uh, I saw you share on social, so everything she said, there wasn't really a lie. Like, yeah, she is probably the greatest of all time. Yeah, she doesn't get her props. She's not a nostalgia act. And she does what she wants there. It was great. And it does help when you look like that. Like, every, you have everyone's attention from the outset when you look like that. And you can back up everything you say. And yeah, heel Trish is. She's... Uh, thank God they didn't change the music. Yeah. Heel Trish is just a goddess amongst humans. I, I I would like to throw this out, and if anyone wants to get involved in this, please do. I don't think anyone, bar Hulk Hogan with his NWO turn, pulls off a heel turn quite so effectively as Trish Stratus, because from the moment she walked out of the ring, her demeanour, what she was saying, the way she was saying it, she is beloved she is a hall of famer she is trish stratus the booze was stratospheric and and she's right and we finally got that storyline of a hall of famer coming back and saying i'm not your nostalgia act i can because how annoying would you find it right if you were legendary rugby player you come back to the club you built and everyone's going, oh, nice to have Charlie back. Remember when Charlie was good and you still had it in the tank? You would snap eventually. Yeah, it seems very condescending. And yeah, you, you absolutely would snap. And it's, like you say, it's so nice to them tell this story that I think a lot of us have thought they should be telling with the with Hall of Famers at some point. And it's the correct Hall of Fame to do it with because it's someone who can pull off the heel turn this effectively. It's someone who we know can deliver these matches and can still go because... The worst thing that could happen is you pull it, you try it with someone who can't go in the ring anymore. It doesn't work. So I am really excited to see this feud through summer. I also think it's genius to put it with Becky because Becky's such a beloved face. And also Becky could carry a broom to a four-star match. So even if Trish couldn't go, which she can, Becky would be able to hide that. So I think it's going to be one of the feuds of the summer and one of the feuds of the year for WWE. 
Let's talk AEW continuing to make plenty of news, arguably more inside the ring or outside the ring at the moment than inside. Word on the pre-sales for AEW All In at Wembley are around 45,000 people have registered for tickets. And if you logically think most people will buy at least two tickets and not just buy one, it does mean conceivably AEW could sell out Wembley. We've also heard pretty strong suggestions that AEW is planning to launch a new third show in prime time on Saturday night, allegedly it will be called Collision. This is all rumor and speculation, but the rumor and speculation places one CM Punk at the center of it. We'll do that in a bit. These tickets are all in, Charlie. Go on sale next Friday, a week today, I think I'm right in saying. Excuse me, two weeks. Uh, two weeks' time, uh, start of May. Tens of thousands have already registered. I mean, this. Uh, did we underestimate the significance of the demand for AEW tickets? But potentially, I think. 50-odd thousand registering for pre-sale is massive. Like you say, you've got to hope you're AW. They're not just registering for one each. The only thing, as I'd say, is if you and I are registering, I'm not because I'm bloody in Australia, aren't I? They'll have two massive wrestling events in London and I'm not here. Um, you and I would both register, wouldn't we? And we'd be on the phone. The first one through, we'd just buy both tickets. Yeah, I wonder how many people are doing that. But either way, that that's me being very pessimistic. Also, I hope no one thinks I'm down on AEW on this show. Like, I think it's amazing that they have booked Wembley. I hope they sell Wembley out because it is brilliant for wrestling. It's brilliant for the company. I just am sceptical. Yeah. Because I just don't... I, it's a tough ask. But, God, I hope they do. I want to see 90,000 in Wembley going berserk when Cult of Personality hits, for example. I want to see this. So, I really hope they do sell. I hope they do sell 50,000 in the pre-sale and then fill up the rest when they announce Punk or whoever's coming. So... It's brilliant, brilliant news, I think. It's, it's, I think the reason that maybe it sounds sceptical is it's understandable to be sceptical because WCW didn't sell out Wembley Stadium. Uh, TNA didn't sell out Wembley Stadium. New Japan hasn't sold out Wembley Stadium. There is one company and one company alone that has sold out Wembley Stadium. It's WWE. There is one company and one company alone that has done a stadium show in the UK. We are WWE at Wembley and in Cardiff. And that is it. So the fact that AEW has said, not only do we think we can sell a stadium, but that we can do it better than a billionaire conglomerate Vince McMahon's company, why wouldn't you be sceptical? Because no one's done it before. Yeah, it is one of those things that until someone else does it, you can't imagine it being done, but I absolutely hope they do. Um, because I do think the competition wins the best out of everyone. If AEW can start doing that, WWE have to get better than... WWE have to show they can do it. That's the thing is WWE made the decision to come to London and go to the O2, which we spoke about on this show being a bonkers decision, we thought. Yeah. If AEW show that, so the, the O2 is what, 20 odd thousand? They sold it out like that, didn't they? They sold it out in about three seconds. I'm it's surprised. a fraction of Wembley. Whatever it is, it's a fraction. If AEW show they can sell out Wembley, you aren't telling me Vincent Mann and Triple H, John, we sat there going, oh, we've got to do it now. We've got a show we can. And it's just great for us. And I think we are at a point now, we've been clamouring for it for years as UK fans. I think we are going to get multiple shows from these big, big companies a year now. And that's brilliant for us. Do you think if AEW sells out Wembley Stadium and AEW is on ITV rather than one of the, the pay TV channels, do you think it would be fair to say that the UK is AEW country? Rather than WWE, could Tony Khan legitimately say the biggest wrestling company in the UK is not WWE, that that market belongs to me? If he sells out the stadium, if he keeps his ITV deal, you could make that argument. 
hundred percent you can make it. Whether it's legitimate is a different is a different conversation. So why would why would he be wrong in saying that? This is this is if I was if I was Tony Khan's pitch man, that's what I'd be thinking. Like how how numbers are numbers. If I was WWE, I'd be talking about how many people are buying your pay-per-views, how many people are buying my pay-per-views, how much merch you're selling, all that stuff. But I'm not disagreeing. If you sell out the biggest stadium in the UK and you've got a free-to-air TV show, absolutely, you can make that claim. You can you can make that claim that the UK is AEW. You, you could, no doubt, you can make that claim. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And look, they haven't told us the lineup yet. They haven't said come to to Wembley because we'll give you Osprey Omega or we'll give you Punk in Blood and Guts. They've just said, look, two words, all in. That's all, all we're going to tell you. And they've got tens and tens of thousands signed up. Amazing for them. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. Now we give with one hand and we take with the other because there are suggestions that CM Punk's AEW return is going to come at the centerpiece of a new AEW Saturday night primetime show. It allegedly will be called Collision, and it will allegedly be the centre of a split of the AEW roster, with half on Dynamite and half on Collision. This is rumours and speculation, but if it happens, that's another extraordinary move for an upstart brand, potentially launching a, a third show. Is it the right move? I don't think so, because I've, people have heard me say it before, I'm not saying Rampage is a bad show. I don't watch Rampage now. I don't have time to watch Rampage. I have no reason to watch Rampage. More is not always more. And I think this more is not more. Is it less? This more is less, I think. <laughs> Brand splits are hard, though. We were talking about them last week on the show with WWE. Yeah, it, it's weird because... Bransford's are hard, we've spoken about that, but actually how often do we talk about we don't get to see everyone on AW television that we want and there's no reason to watch Dynamite or Collision, whatever their other show is going to be. A brand split done well and done properly for AEW could be a brilliant move because it, you could start highlighting more of these guys who don't get enough time on screen. You could start having a bit of interbrand warfare, you can start making titles that mean nothing, mean something because they have to on your show. Mm. What you don't want to do is have a brand split that then stops your brand split after four weeks, introduce a load of new more titles that don't really matter because you've got to have a world champion on each show. So you've got two world champions, two women's world champions, two mid-cards, two tag teams. You don't want to do all that. How they do it would be fascinating Done well, I think you saw in the mid-2000s, brand splits are excellent. Brand yeah. splits are really good. They can create that competition that you don't have if you don't have another company to go against, which they do, by the way. They have WWE and AEW. But it'd be very interesting. And also, what will happen to Dynamite? If you have one brand on one and one brand on the other, what does Dynamite become? I, I That's confusing me as well. I think, I think AEW, the reason I think it's polarising is because there are legitimate arguments either way as to the success of AEW. You could look and you could go, came through a pandemic, likely to do huge numbers at Wembley Stadium, huge in the UK, selling out stadiums in the US, legitimate second place for people to go and work. It's an unqualified success. Or you could look and say, its numbers are dropping on television. It's got all sorts of backstage problems. The creative isn't what it once was. It's a failure. And I, and I think people 
bed down into either camp. And if you say it's a failure, people go, oh, look at all the successes. And if you say it's a success, people say, oh, look at all the failures. And actually, there's a bit of truth in either. My concern is I don't think AEW's got a strong enough brand to justify a brand split yet. I don't think you can look at that brand and go, it's so red hot we can split it and not split our audience or dilute our main product. That's my concern. Yeah, I agree with that entirely. And also, what would happen to Ring of Honor? Because you use a lot of the guys who aren't used on Dynamite Weekly to be a Ring of Honor. Like, are you telling me you're going to have two, two brands and not have Samoa Joe be one of your main guys on one of the brands? Well, he's Ring of Honor champion at the moment. So how does that work? Claudio Castagnelli, he's Ring of one of the Ring of Honor champions. I don't even know who's who, what who holds each each title, which is worrying. I think I think Claudio's world title and Samoa Joe's TV title. I think yeah, that might be wrong. Are you going to really have two brands not have them be centerpiece of either of them? So then what happens to Ring of Honor? They just, I feel like, I almost made a World War II reference then, which is a weird one. No, no, that's, that seems the right context to put a wrestling yeah. in. <laughs> I, I feel like they've just spread themselves or on the verge of spreading themselves a little thin too early. God, tell me the World War II reference. Like, okay. when, Hit, like when Hitler opened up a second front to fight on. <laughs> So, That's where I was going. Okay, so you're saying that a third AEW show is equivalent to the Eastern Front in Hitler's War? Essentially, yes. And I, what I want to make very clear is I'm not comparing anyone in AEW to Hitler. I want to make that very clear for everyone now. Yes, I, I think I think that should be clear. But if it wasn't clear, this is not uh, this is not World War Two. It's just wrestling. I think the thing is, I think it all comes down to creative. That's what I genuinely. I think if you have better creative in AW, we'd be gagging for it. We'd be saying, yeah, give me the acclaimed. I love the acclaimed. They were great. They're not really on telly that much anymore in the same way. Um, Give me, give me Hook. If you can give me a space where Hook's highlighted every week, that's great. I think the creative weakness of AW is what is maybe dragging down the excitement levels of this. However, I feel Punk's on his way, man. I can feel it in my waters. This, this, this buzz is building and building. He's surely on his way back. Yeah, there's no smoke without fire, isn't there? No. At the moment, there's a shed load of smoke, isn't there? Um, Punk's coming back. Imagine, by the way, imagine if you've been such a naughty boy that you basically got fired, and then when they brought you back, they went, and we'll build you a whole new show. That'd be great, um, wouldn't it? Imagine, imagine. If, you got, if you got into a scrap with some of your teammates, you got into a proper like fist fight backstage, and they were like, all right, Charlie, we're going to keep paying you. And then they're like, and now we're going to build you a whole new team to play against us in the league. You'd be like, yeah, I'll get into fights more. Yeah, exactly. So that's my plan for the weekend now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I go about it. Punk is coming back. I understand it completely. Everyone knows my thoughts. Punk. From a business point of view, I completely get it. From a keeping your locker room happy point of view, I, I predict now on the 21st of April at one minute past nine that within the next year it'll all end in tears again and we can refer back to this when it does. Yeah, and you know what? I am I am convinced you'll probably be right, but I'm here for it. Give give, yeah. give me it. Give me it. Let me see what happens. Uh, right, let's do everyone's favourite part of the podcast. Uh, earning the push, something from everyday life uh, gets a push. And back to developmental, something we hate gets sent back to developmental. First or second this week? I'll go first again this week. Hit me. Um, earning the push is the fact, and I couldn't do it today because it is pouring down with rain. Oh, yesterday I got to hang my washing up to dry, and it makes me so happy, so happy. I love a clothesline to be able to hang my washing up. Can it I just smells can I... better. It's better for the environment. It means the sun's out. It get as a twenty-seven-year-old man, it excites me far too greatly. 
You know what I said? We do a wrestling show and we talk about clotheslines. Yeah, yeah. That's what you meant. Uh, no, sorry. I think uh, you got the wrong uh, end of the. But okay, I just, I, you're such a modern man. Like the idea of you out in your garden with your little basket of washing and your pegs, just like talking over the fence to the neighbour. Morning, Barbara. Lovely day for it. Fine, yeah. I can get the washing out. And this is you. Exactly that. I was doing, I was doing that yesterday with my neighbour. Yeah, brilliant. Were you actually? Yeah, with Fiona. It was great. Rubens <laughs> on the chat. She's just got a puppy. Otto was at the fence saying hi to Rupert. It was brilliant. I was like, I was just quintessentially British yesterday. Well, okay. So that's it. I can't believe I'm saying this. So earning the push is hanging your washing up outside. Mm-hmm. What's back to developmental? Bungalows. I don't understand them. Why? I do not understand them. Why would you not just build a house? Because bungalows feel bigger. When I was a student, we had the option of living in a bungalow. And I absolutely regret that we never took it up because it felt massive. I don't, but why, imagine how massive it would have been if you'd done two floors of it. That would feel smaller, because you've got smaller floor space. I just, what? No, it Take the top it of your, yeah, take the top of your house, and then yeah. you put it on the back of your house, your house would feel... It works, that bungalows work. You have the same, you have the same plot. You just can't be bothered to build up enough. But you must have a bigger plot. No. I, there's a, I was walking down a road in Shelton today, and there was a road full of bungalows. I don't understand why they're not all houses. They must be bigger. If you've got a four-bedroom house and a four-bedroom bungalow, then in a four-bedroom house, the bedrooms go on the top, but in a bungalow, they go at the back. But why would your four-bedroom bungalow? Why not just build two floors and make it a massive house? I don't know. I, I like a bungalow. I can't wait oh, to go to a bungalow. Of course you can't. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. think anyone who's just done about five minutes on hanging out his washing is any position here. But I, d- I don't understand them. I don't get why people don't just build two floors. Why Do the builders just get bored? They go, I'm done with this house now. Just, I, I love them. I'm all for a bungalow. My one thing is I feel like if you were burgled, it would be a lot easier for them to, to race through the house. Hey, there's no stairs. I, yeah, I just don't understand bungalows. They confuse me, and they're going back to developmental. Okay, well, I'm going to have to let you, because the rule is you get to put whatever you want back there, but I dispute this. Um, earning the push for me is, what am I going to do? Yeah, public leisure centres is my one today. Good public leisure centre. They're closing at a ridiculous rate, and I think we should preserve our public leisure centres because if you can't afford a big gem membership, good public leisure centres are, are to be worshipped and celebrated because they're fantastic. Yep, I, I have nothing to add to that, and they're brilliant. Back to developmental. Good ones. Yeah. Good ones. Well, back to developmental are bad changing rooms at uh, leisure centres, public or otherwise. You probably spend a lot of your time in changing rooms, and the, the nothing worse than a grotty changing room. I swim a lot, and a grotty swimming pool changing room is the worst. Why are swimming pool changing rooms so hot? No idea. What? They are boiling. I can swim. I I swim maybe a kilometre. Jack, you can. <laughs> I can swim. I can swim a kilometre and a half. That's usually what I do in a session. Just go in, knock that off, and get out. And I sweat afterwards for about fifteen minutes because of how hot it is. There's always mysterious white powder, which I assume is talc in one of like the changing rooms. The locks don't work. I just think a bad. Without naming names, tell me the worst changing room experience you've had in your professional rugby career. Oh, I, I can name the names because they're infamous ones. There, there are there are two in the in the Premiership that are infamous. Like there, there's a lot of poor ones that like a lower league rugby conversion play. Just 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 for me, for I say, don't name them. But tell okay. me tell me off air. But tell our listeners. Okay, there is one changing room at a club that is in the Premiership that is just like it. I don't think it's any bigger than my dining room that I'm sat in now. It's just <laughs> tiny. Like, it's so small. And there is another one 
which is of a good size. It's fine. But what the home club decided to do was build a wall in the middle of the changing room, just right in the middle, up until just at the end where you can walk through to basically make it two rooms for no reason but the fact that you can't all be in one room to get changed. <laughs> so what do you do? kind of appreciate the, the genuine just... Like their middle finger up to their opposition of you're going to have a worse time in the shade room is, is, is sensational. That okay, I like that because that is gamesmanship at at its. You don't have it. You must have a if people are long time listeners. You have a, a Beckett shower rating for places you've stayed. Uh, the BSI yeah. index that was for. So hang on, let me find out my phone. This is when I was at Jersey. Yeah, when you were traveling a lot. Do you have traveled every other week? Do you have a a, a, a BCI a Beckett a Beckett changing room index? Oh, look at there this. It is still saved. It's the oldest note in my phone now. Coventry's at the top. I see. Well, that was the first. Not that's that's not on how good they are. That was the first place. We oh, went. okay, fair enough. Um, the best one was there's a Novotel in London that we stayed at where we went to London Scottish. They got the only five. They got the infamous five BSI <laughs> stars. It's like the Meltzer rating. Um, <laughs> What what were you gonna say? Sorry, is there um, is there is there a changing room index for you and your? There isn't no because I normally get the changes. I'm normally actually focused on the game rather than rating the changing rooms. Amazing. When it was showers the night before, so I could okay. do silly stuff. I'd love it if they're like, what's he doing? What's he doing pre? We got me take measure out, <laughs> like measuring how long each, how, how far each person gets. Don't mind me, lads. Don't mind me. Just trying to work out. What... Talking team talking ten, lads. I'm just going to work out the star. End. I started each team talk like they were all on the, on the edge of their seat, finding out how many stars I was going to change in room. Well, I think these are these have been stellar, uh, earning the push and back to developmentals. One last question for you, wrestling related. Before we know it, money in the bank will be here. It's going to spin round, start of July. As things stand. As things stand, who is your pick to win Money in the Bank and why? I've seen a lot of clamour on social media for LA Knight to win it, which I could see. Uh, I'm probably not as hot on LA Knight as a lot of people are. Who would I like to see win it? I think a heel is always best with it. I... I also want the person who wins it to then go on and win the title. We can't afford another failure, I think. The one in my head is Dom Mysteria. I, I've heard a lot of people say Dom would be the way to go. Can I give you mine? It's going to break yeah. your heart. Sami Zayn and KO costs him the cash-in. Sami has the briefcase. A month before he cashes in, they lose the tag titles... Kevin feels Sammy's taken his eye off the ball because of the briefcase, and so Kevin costs Sammy the cash-in. Can we not just have nice things? It is nice. Can we not? The pain is nice of Sammy losing to Kevin. You're a sadomasochist, aren't you? Masochist, I haven't said it. Just loves pain. Stop it. That's just right. have a I'm, nice thing. I'm a sadomacho man. That's me. Yes, you're a sado Randy Savage. <laughs> Get that on a t-shirt. I I think that, that that's a way to go. I've, I've, if you're going to make it mean something. Yeah, I know. I don't disagree. I, I don't like it. I love the heat. This is what, if I've learned anything in our, in our years talking about wrestling, is you, you old softy, love a happy ending. And I'm the one who keeps going, no, more pain. More oh, pain for the you're pain. You're actually healing this. You're actually the heel. I look like I should be, but it's actually you. And no one saw it coming. Uh, right, look, uh, we're going to wrap it up now. Remember, we love you listening each and every week. We're grateful you do it. Uh, tell other people about what we do here on The Wrestling Pod. More and more of you listen each and every week. Uh, time for us to go, though. On behalf of Charlie and myself, thank you for listening to Earning the Push, and we'll see you again next time. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>